coronavirus numbers continue to be a concern in the US with more restrictions, including a month-long curfew for California. Whilst in Europe, things seem to be easing a little bit, perhaps. Uh, But what more could be done? We'll look at the spat between the Treasury and the Fed in the United States. Who does what next? And signs of optimism for Australia. NAB has upgraded its forecasts, and Josh Friedenberg wants to help big companies spend big this year. It's Monday, the 23rd of November, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, equities in the United States finished the week on a bit of a downer, uh, a 0.7% fall in the S&P 500, 0.75% down for the Dow, and 0.4% fall for the NASDAQ. Now, the NASDAQ managed a slight lift over the week, but the other two were down a little. It was a different story in Europe on Friday. Equities were up a little, almost half a percent for the Eurostoxx 50, the FTSE 100 also up. Not much interest in bonds, and there wasn't much movement in the US dollar at the end of last week either, although it was about 0.4% down over the week. The Aussie dollar was up 0.2% on Friday, about 1.3% up over the week from 72 US cents to 73. And the pound is hanging on for that Brexit news, 0.1% up on Friday, up 0.6% over the week. Maybe we'll see more of that this week as well. Uh, Tapas Strickland is with me today, Director Economics for Markets in NAB in Sydney. So Friday seems to be saying, at least as far as equities are concerned, caution as far as the US is concerned, optimism for Europe. Uh, Also, Europe is seeing lockdowns uh, and restrictions lifted, the US less so. Europe infections are slowing. The US is seeing infections escalating. Coincidence? I think not. I mean, the the markets are still uh, really uh, responding, aren't they, to uh, COVID-19 infection rates? Good morning, Phil. Yes, it does seem like markets are still treading that balancing line between a fairly positive medium-term outlook on the back of uh, vaccine hopes. And just worth noting that uh, Pfizer-BioNTech did apply for that emergency youth authorization on Friday. And uh, the FDA, the US FDA uh, subcommittee is set to meet on December 8 to 10. So um, it, depending on how that goes, uh, you could potentially have a vaccine by Christmas that has emergency use authorization and that would help cement that more positive medium-term outlook. Uh, but at the same time, as you're noting, um, rising virus cases in the US and more restrictions in the US. I think on Friday, California announced a month-long uh, curfew between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m., all adding to those kind of signals that the economy is likely to slow, just given those re-imposition of restrictions. And that's got the markets a little bit jittery. And then the uh, third factor um, that just came out of the blue, really, was um, a uh, U.S. Treasury uh, Federal Reserve uh, spat with uh, the U.S. Treasury Secretary saying he's going to allow the expiry of a number of Fed's emergency lending programs. And that occurred uh, late on Thursday. Yeah. So tell me about the, the, I mean, the reasoning behind that. I mean, Steve Mnuchin seems to be saying, well, look, return all those unused funds from the from the emergency lending program. I'm going to use that as, as leverage for increasing uh, the fiscal stimulus. Uh, you know, he's going to use it as leverage with the Democrats. But I mean, does it work like that? I mean, surely they can create the funds anyway if, if they wanted to. I mean, the real issue is actually getting the Democrats and the Republicans to agree on anything. In, indeed. And uh, just worth noting that these programs were set to expire. Um, and so it's the lack of mm. uh, the renewal of those programs. And just worth noting that the Federal Reserve uh, does disagree with the US Treasury and does prefer that the full suite of emergency facilities uh, would be um, extended. 
As for the reason why uh, the US Treasury Secretary has said he won't be extending them, it does seem to be he's seeking to reallocate that already appropriated money towards a more targeted US uh, fiscal stimulus package, but still very unclear at this stage uh, on whether uh, that would have any appetite in getting through the lame duck session of Congress. Mm. And adding to part of that mixture is the uh, Georgia Senate runoffs on uh, January 5. Yeah. Uh, and there's also speculation the Fed is going to uh, use its its meeting in December to extend the the purchase of uh, of longer term treasuries. What's the rationale behind this? Because of course you know they've been buying them across all maturities so far. Why why go towards the end of the uh, of the yield curve? So it does look like um, in order to provide a little bit more policy stimulus, they may tilt their their purchases. So not necessarily increasing the absolute number, but tilting it towards the longer end of the curve and really putting a bit more downward pressure on that longer end, particularly as you get a more optimistic medium term uh, scenario coming up, you might see um, more upward pressure on bond yields. And so uh, buying at the longer end would put a little bit more downward pressure on, on that part of the curve. United States obviously struggling a great deal with the, with the virus. Europe seems to be coming through it somewhat better. So, we, I mean, there's still lockdowns. There's still uh, in the UK. I mean, that you know, they're talking about perhaps easing things a little bit when they uh, come out of full lockdown in, in December. Obviously, a very different picture in Australia, and uh, and I guess on the back of that, NAB is upgrading its forecast. It's going to be back to normal by the end of next year. Yeah, that's happy right. days. Oh yeah, it does. It does seem like um, just with Victoria coming out of lockdown, there has been a lot of mm. momentum being built um, through the economy. And we've been discussing on the morning call that uh, it had been hoped that as Victoria came out of lockdown, not only would the Victorian economy recover, but it would also create a new wave of momentum that would sweep through the Australian economy. And that seems to be what is occurring. So NAB now sees our Q3 yep. GDP, which comes out in early December, uh, rebounding by 4%. And we expect the level of GDP to be back at pre-pandemic levels by the end of 2021. And given that the level of GDP is likely to be at that level, uh, unemployment is now expected to, to peak lower. Yep. Um, all that is contingent on virus control being maintained, which it does appear to be so. Yeah, and um, But it does look like things in Australia are looking more positive. Yeah, and then the vaccine, and then the problem's over. Uh, as I say, happy days. And then we've got Josh Frydenberg uh, reports today that uh, he's going to allow big companies into the uh, into the business expense tax break scheme. So basically, all their capital investment could be deducted in this financial year. So, uh, you know, he's hoping they're going to spend big. Oh, in, in, indeed, I think it is, uh, will include companies such as uh, Dulux Boral. So they'll be very important in pulling forward a lot of that uh, business investment uh, into the uh, current year. And just on the back of that, a recent ABS survey for November actually found that of uh, the, say, 20% of businesses that had capital expenditure plans, 73% of them have plans that are equal or higher than uh, this time last year. So it does seem to suggest that businesses are set to go on a bit of a spending splurge in terms of investment in the year ahead. Now, the elephant in the room in the United States, uh, the fact that Donald Trump still hasn't conceded and we keep on brushing it off don't we and saying well the markets aren't concerned about that because uh, you know there's acceptance that biden has won by just about everyone apart from donald trump and actually vladimir putin interestingly uh, said he's failing to accept the uh, the results so far they've done the recount in georgia of course and biden still won uh, but donald trump continues to dig in he continues to send out his emails every hour asking for money we assume Biden is going to take over in January. He's going to announce his cabinet this week on Tuesday. 
But, I mean, where does Trump go? He's not just going to roll over. He's given him in a, put himself in a situation. He's digging in harder. He's got quite a number of Republicans behind him. I'm just wondering how this all plays out. And I fear civil unrest could be part of all of this. So maybe the markets will start to pay attention if it, if it does turn ugly. And, I don't, you know, I want to be optimistic. But, I, you know, it's not just going to go away, I fear. It does seem to be a little bit of a worry, uh, but it hasn't really uh, overwhelmed markets at the moment and very much trading on that view that there'll be a pretty peaceful transition. What we have seen from uh, President Trump is uh, some... Uh, rotation in terms of uh, various uh, appointed positions. And so uh, it it is possible that you see more on that front uh, in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's also unusual that the Republican Party is also, on the whole, has pretty much lined up with Trump. And it seems like they really want the uh, Trump supporters and the Trump momentum through to that Georgia Senate runoff on uh, January 5. And I think until you get to that date and beyond that, uh, it's still likely a fairly partisan atmosphere will remain in the US. But that doesn't necessarily mean uh, that uh, that will have too much impact in terms of markets th- themselves, uh, just given that they are looking at a fairly peaceful transition. Now, uh, President von der Leyen from the EU has said a deal over Brexit's very close now. We, uh, we, we saw the pound slowly gaining strength last week. Uh, I have to say, there's not a lot coming from Boris Johnson on this, but we, we can assume that something's going to happen this week. Well, you'd hope so anyway, wouldn't you? And uh, uh, it's either good or bad for the pound this week. It does seem like that. And uh, it does seem um, most of the headlines coming out saying a deal could be struck uh, towards the end of uh, this week or more likely next week. Uh, again, uh, our base case has been that the, the UK and the EU would come to some, corner, some kind of agreement, but the exact date is uh, still relatively uh, flexible. Uh, and just worth noting that a Biden president he probably puts uh, more emphasis uh, towards the UK uh, coming to agreement with the EU in a trade Yeah, sense. it's going to be a lot of upset uh, British fishermen, I suspect. They had really good uh, retail sales in the UK announced on Friday, of course, for October, 7.8% up, uh, up 1.6% for the uh, preliminary month-on-month retail numbers for Australia as well. The September numbers for Canada, also higher than expected. Uh, and we get the Q3 numbers for New Zealand this morning as well. It does seem like, the, you know, the retail is, you know, there's a, a good retail bounce back happening. It might go down again, of course, in uh, in November and December as we uh, as we see the infections rise. But it, it it shows how quickly it can bounce. It definitely does. And it also shows you that a lot of households right around the world were uh, buttressed by a lot of the fiscal support uh, that was Mm. panned out during the uh, height of the pandemic and in Australia at least Australian households I think saved an extra 100 and almost an extra 120 billion over that period of time yeah. and uh, as similar notions are seen r- right across the world so it's likely that uh, households will draw down on some of that saving uh, over the coming months and that should help boy uh, retail sales into Christmas. Yeah absolutely and then next year you know when we all party when we can all go around and travel again and uh, we tend to our normal lives and we've you know you've got that pocket of savings to dip into so i mean it, you know we can expect that this is going to be a big year look it's a big pmi day today isn't it manufacturing and services for the us the uk the eurozone for germany uh all provisional no- november numbers of course and i, I guess these are going to i mean these are going to be weaker aren't they as, as as the virus numbers have been rising i 
Uh, it should be it should be uh, it should be particularly weaker on the services side. So the German services PMI is expected to come in at forty six point three from forty nine point five, and just given that uh, the German economy was uh, in partial lockdown for much of that period, uh, it's likely the risk are probably to the downside on the services PMIs. Uh, there's going to be a lot of focus on the manufacturing side as well, uh, particularly uh, for for Germany, just given it is a manufacturing powerhouse and. Uh, China, uh, who it exports to, um, is, is still humming along pretty well. So it's likely the manufacturing side of the economy is still going to be resilient in that scenario. Yeah. And, and look, you know, probably not a lot of attention paid to these numbers either, really, is it? Because it's not where we are now. It's where we're going to that matters. Yes. Yes, exactly. I think for markets, I think there's still enough hope, uh, particularly around the vaccine, um, just given the emergency youth authorization has been applied for, that I think markets can keep looking through to that medium term, which is looking a little bit more promising yeah well great to talk as always tapas catch you again very soon thank you for uh, getting up early this morning and telling us all about it uh, great uh, thanks phil I bet you when he's still in his pjs uh, you're gonna have to remember that when we start going back to work uh, you're gonna have to put your suit back on uh, that's it for the morning call for this monday morning i'm phil dobby for nab see you tomorrow morning have a great day